0: Although the characters we discuss are fictional, the challenges people face every day are not. The information we provide in this podcast is for entertainment and informational purposes only and should not be used in place of advice from a mental health or medical professional. If you are struggling with mental health issues, please seek professional help. Thanks for listening, and welcome to the Jedi Council Podcast, where we explore mental health in your favorite fictional characters. Hey folks, welcome back to the next episode of the Jedi Council Podcast. We like to explore mental health and your favorite fictional characters. This is your, well, is it weird to graduate student and newly doctoral candidate uh, Jedi Council co-host? I don't know. Those are not exclusive terms, I guess. I'm both, but...
1: What Brandon's trying to say (laughs) is that he accomplished a major milestone in our program, which is we have, so that individuals can advance from being master's level to being doctoral candidates, they defend a comprehensive paper that really reviews research in a particular area. Brandon's was about suicide and specifically related to one particular aspect that we've talked about on the show before perceived burdensomeness Mm -hmm. and how that's relevant for suicide it was an outstanding paper oh thank you and he passed his examination and is now formally a doctoral candidate so congratulations brandon
0: thank you and thank you for explaining what i was trying to say while i was mumbling (laughs) and stuttering a little
1: well it's easier when i'm when you're like Someone else is saying this positive stuff about you than maybe yourself sometimes.
0: I'm not very good at saying positive things about myself, but that is an issue for a different podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, at any rate, this is Brandon Saxton. Recent... Recent.
1: Advanced to doctoral canisty <laughs> Brandon Saxton.
0: I think I like that. That's gonna be the new title for a while.
1: It just really it's so succinct. It's catchy. Yeah. <laughs> well now that we have all these new Twitter characters available, maybe we yeah. can write out the whole explanation that I just gave in nice. a single tweet.
0: Or perhaps uh, for those
1: following your educational timeline.
0: And you read the airy paper. We have mm-hmm. two hundred and eighty characters per tweet now. How many tweets would it take just to put the whole thing on Twitter? It was about 45 pages, I think. I think
1: we're looking here for a thread of maybe 1,000, whereas in the past it might have been, you know, 2,000. Right. That's
0: pretty
1: good. (laughs) If the math works out. So that's that's good stuff. I also have an update. For those of you who have followed the fact that I sprained my ankle a month ago, I pronounced myself fully recovered because I went roller skating this weekend without incident. And if my ankle was not fully healed, that wouldn't have worked out too well. (laughs) <laughs> so,
0: this is irrelevant, and okay. I'm just distracting from the topic at hand today, but I've I've opened my area paper here. It's 87,000 characters. Uh, 87,422 wow, characters. that's a lot of tweaks. <laughs> so, if I open my calculator here, should I mean, this is just what you get here at Jedi Council. <laughs> this sort of good mental health content. stream
1: but. of consciousness. <laughs>
0: 87,422 characters divided by 280 characters. So... Oh, it's just three hundred and twelve tweets.
1: Five hundred was not right, but not, not too far. far out of all For park. just a,
0: a guess, yeah. yeah. From just memory and a, a guess of how many characters the paper might be. <laughs> so look forward to those three hundred and twelve tweets.
1: Oh no, I didn't remember how many characters your paper had. It was oh no. It's just a guess. <laughs> yeah, no, that's no <laughs> <way>. <laughs> <To be clear>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um Wow. This this intro's gotten away from us already, it has. hasn't it? Let's get back on track.
1: Okay, sounds good. We are we have an exciting show for you today. Mm-hmm. It is about Stranger Things, two. Yes, and is that what it's?
0: It's not season two. It's Stranger Things two. I've noticed that. Is that what it is?
1: That's another excellent question, which I never questioned beca- until just now. Yeah, that's a good point because it certainly does just seem like season two. Yeah,
0: but everywhere I've seen it, it's just called Stranger Things two. Yeah, almost like it's a diff, like it's a new series. Yeah. When it's clearly a continuation of the original it is. season. So, I don't know. I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah,
1: I don't know what the what the idea behind that is. That is definitely something to look into. Um, Yeah, so there are some surprisingly psychologically relevant things. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think some of the characters, we expected that. But there was even more. There were some more specific mm-hmm. psychological terms and references. So, I'm excited to talk about that today. Yes. I do want to before we get into that give a shout out of gratitude to our Patreon patrons Dizdon, Murray, Rebecca and Panel to Panel. Mm-hmm. We talked in more detail about Panel to Panel in a previous podcast but I did want to just say thank you to them again. Yeah. We're really grateful to all who have become our patrons and we will, are committed to continuing to do good work.
0: And uh, we're only just $2 away from the Rick and Morty podcast, uh, from funding the new podcast where we're going to take a look at Rick and Morty and just sort of break down each episode uh, and take a look at what underlying mental health or psychological constructs might be present. So we're really close to getting to start that, which happened a little quicker than I anticipated.
1: Yeah, so thank you all very much. Mm -hmm. One other thing that we want to talk about before going into Stranger Things, and Brendan and I talked about how it feels weird to us to not say something when yeah. there are negative events in the news, especially things that are kind of directly related to mental health mm-hmm. um, or can be directly mm-hmm. related to mental health. But we also feel odd only briefly talking about it, yeah. and, and but we don't want to acknowledge it. So anyway, um, we just want to say that there have been a lot of sad things in the news recently, the tragic loss of life in Texas Um, more sexual harassment and sexual assault allegations coming out of Hollywood and other places Mm -hmm. too. And some of those things can be particularly difficult for people Mm -hmm. who are struggling with particular mental health issues. And we just want to encourage you to take care of yourself, seek help if you need it. And um, we do have an episode dedicated Mm to kind of coping with stress with news and it has some basic self-care tips including some of the stuff that we do to try to deal with this stuff.
0: Yeah absolutely just making sure that you're taking the time to take care of yourself and reaching out if and when you might need some help or support is is just really important. Uh, When we're living in well there's just so much going on yeah, yeah it's, it's kind of a constant news cycle. It seems like it's been in recent time. So, yeah,
1: definitely. And one of the things that we talk about in that episode is identifying places you can help, whether mm-hmm. it's making a contribution or volunteering to a particular cause, whether it's contacting your representatives in Congress to let them know how you feel about certain issues. There are things that you can do and that that I think are helpful in these yep. types of situations, but... Regardless of that, I know there's kind of a range of reactions that people experience. And if you're having a tough time, we just want to let you know that we hope that you are taking care of yourself as needed.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So, now, um, jump into Stranger Things, I think. Yes,
1: that sounds good. Uh,
0: so, str- did we ever do cover Stranger Things Season 1? I This is our 72nd episode of the Jedi Council Podcast. We did
1: not cover Stranger Things other than to say it was cool, in my recollection.
0: Well... Season 2 continues that tradition, yeah. because it is also it very is, cool. It
1: is really cool.
0: Yeah, so I'm definitely enjoying it. Uh, so today, I think we're planning to do uh, two to three, maybe four, but probably three episodes on Stranger Things. And right now, Katie and I have only seen the first three episodes. So anything that you hear today, spoiler warning for the first three episodes, I feel like we're probably in the like 1%... Uh, of people who haven't seen the entire season so far so there's probably not a lot that we can spoil that everyone else in the world doesn't know but just as a heads up uh spoilers for the first three episodes as we sort of jump in and i think we're going to just sort of talk about some of the overall themes related to mental health or psychology that we've kind of observed not really take it episode by episode
1: brandon can i do one of my classic backtracks when i think of something just before we And then I also want to mention on our website, Jedi-Council.com, that we have resources available. If you would like to reach out for help, for example, coping with stress or mental health issues but aren't sure where to look, Um, we'll link to it on this website. But if you go to Jedi-Council.com and go to mental health resources, you'll see a number of things, including... Hotlines and other areas where you can get information and search for therapists. So I just wanted to mention that in the United States, there's the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, and if you go to that website, which we we will link to, you can talk to people. It's one 8255 I believe they also have texting ability. If if you're struggling, um, another option, um, and most of our resources, I. I'm most familiar with the ones mm-hmm. in the United States. but um, So definitely international listeners, please send us stuff if yeah. you know of any, and we'll keep looking for things as well. Or
0: add them to our list of resources, too, for other people. Yeah, that's exactly
1: mm-hmm. right. But I, And I will mention one other type of thing. A lot of the therapy that we talk about on, on this podcast is evidence-based. We mm-hmm. try to look at scientifically supported treatments. And if you're looking for a therapist who can provide that, there, um, if you go to abc.org, there is a link on there that says find a CBT therapist or find help, and that can also help connect you to finding people who can provide treatments that are useful to you so anyway i just wanted to make sure the resources were out absolutely. there before we got into stranger things no
0: that sounds great i'm happy you did that yeah absolutely check those out and like i said if you're familiar with anything else send it to us so we can add it to kind of cater to the more international sort of resources that we don't always have uh, as good of a sense of yeah okay back to stranger yes things. good uh so First three episodes, that's kind of what we're talking about today. Some of the themes that come up, and like you had mentioned already, there are quite a few. Uh, So maybe we'll just start by talking about overall impressions of the show. Do you want to start off, Katie?
1: Sure. I mean, it's so good. Yeah. (laughs) The dialogue is outstanding. The music is so good. The pacing Mm -hmm. is well done. I mean, it gets not right back into the total direct action, but you get the sense it kind of picks up. And you're seeing how things, you know, would be. And even though it's sci-fi and fictional, there are some relatable elements. I think the acting is so good. And as people mentioned from the first season, it's interesting because even though it's some in some cases clearly not realistic, mm-hmm. right? Because it's sci-fi. They pick kind of actors and actresses that look real. Like it's, oh, yeah. You know, which is an interesting part of it and they definitely get the whole 80s feel mm-hmm. about it and i think that that's i think that that's really impressive and i like how they show for example winona Ryder's character and i i think she's fantastic fantastic i like how they actually have 80s actors like sean astin one of mm-hmm. i mean they have acted since then but they were kind of big then too um i like seeing how she's kind of coping with Wanting Will to kind of get back to his life, but is clearly understandably worried about him. And so there are a lot of between-character interactions that I like. So my overall impression so far is positive, and I'm very excited to see what happens next. It was hard to not watch past episode three. But I decided I should sleep, so I, I decided to wait.
0: <laughs> Scientists are in mostly in agreement that sleep is important <laughs> at this time. So the yeah. jury's still out. The on jury's science, still out for as sure. As they
1: say in arrest development. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh,
0: no, uh, I agree completely. It's almost a perfect show, I would say. I really don't have any complaints or anything I would like to see different. I think, like you said, the pacing's really good, I think it's super captivating. Uh, it got me pulled right back into the story right away, especially at the end of the third episode uh, when we sort of see this kind of, I don't know what you would call that, kind of an eldritch sort of monster or smoke monster or something uh, kind of taking on will. Jeez, uh, I really just wanted to keep cruising. Me too. Uh, I've watched the first three episodes twice each now just to make sure. Well, the first time I watched them, I watched them just so quickly and I was just in entertainment mode. Then I realized I need to actually paying attention to things <laughs> relevant to the podcast so I had to watch them again with a more uh well with a notepad nearby let's just mm-hmm. put it that way so uh yeah the, it's it's really good and um I was nervous that it wouldn't live up to how much I liked the first season but I would say I like it a little bit more already
1: yeah I, I think it's it's great so I think that you know we highlight some specific things that we wanted to talk about and our goal here usually is to evaluate accuracy mm-hmm. using informed by psychological science and what we know about mental health and kind of looking at that through characters. Now, of course, we're not going to be too harsh on a fictional show, especially one that is sci-fi, but nonetheless they do use some very specific psychological Mm -hmm. terms, and it's a good opportunity to talk about those things. So maybe one of the first things we can talk about that I think right away comes out Mm -hmm. is this idea that Will is kind of having a trauma response Mm -hmm. To what he's gone through. Mm -hmm. And I was wondering what you thought about how they handled that in the Mm -hmm.
0: show. Well, uh, I was thinking about this ahead of time and how we wanted to approach it. And I thought... If we think about the sort of DSM, Diagnostic Statistical Manual, definition for what trauma is, which I'm going to read it just sort mm-hmm. of here, uh, you know, uh, summarize, the person is exposed to death, threatened death, actual or threatened serious injury, or actual or threatened sexual assault in the following ways of either direct exposure, witnessing, or learning that a relative or a close friend had it, uh, or indirect ex- exposure. And yeah, Will certainly fits the bill for that, doesn't it? And he? for
1: more info on Pete... From PTSD, uh, please listen to our Jessica Jones yes. episode, mm-hmm. and also our, our reader Jessica Jones post mm-hmm. on our website, and that goes into a lot more detail. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yes, so certainly Will has experienced what would be defined by the DSM as a traumatic episode. We can yeah. presume, even though. Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong in remembering, we don't get to see a lot of what Will experienced in the Upside Down in Season 1. Because for a lot of it, the Upside Down was a mystery to us. Yeah. We didn't know what it was or where he was. But just in the little kind of glimpses that we did get, it certainly looks like there was absolutely a very real threat and fear that he was going to die. There. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. And they continue on, like you said in that, in the second one. And so uh, right away... Um, in the first episode, he's talking to this doctor, uh, presumably back at kind of the headquarters where the upside down kind of there, I don't know, am I not understanding exactly what the headquarters is? I mean, it's still a little bit in mystery of what that organization is. Am I missing some of the details there? Do you have more?
1: I, I, not that I okay. picked up. <laughs> okay. which is just... so, Like, I feel like we don't have the whole picture other than kind of there's some you know it's like there's a little healthy skepticism on Joyce's part about whether this is mm-hmm. really going to be what exactly they're doing and mm-hmm. yet they're she kind of needs someone who has expertise mm-hmm. in this very strange thing strange thing that happened yeah they should name the show after that or something yeah. <laughs> um and so i think that but yeah i agree i it's not it's not a uh, real clear okay
0: that's all I wanted to make sure I wasn't missing some glaring detail. So they have this doctor. If you are, I am too. Perfect. Then that's that's a good standard for me. If you didn't, you're kind of the bar. <laughs> as long as I have all the information pressure. you have. Uh, Dr. Owen seems to be sort of the new head scientist of this place who replaced the kind of main antagonist from the first one whose name I can't remember because I watched it in such a quick amount of time I can barely remember anyone's name. Um, who's doing this assessment on Will after Will had what we couldn't tell was, like, a hallucination or seeing into the Upside Down. We do come to find out he was actually... Or a flashback. Or a flashback. yeah. Yeah, very... Right. Um... So, that was kind of interesting to me because they talk a lot specifically about post-traumatic stress disorder. So, for example, here, give me one second. Sure. Uh Dr. Owens um, says he's talking to Joyce and they're kind of talking about this and they're talking about how it's been about a year since uh, the first time where Will was disappeared and was in the Upside Down. And Dr. Owens says, you know... It's, it's going to get better before, or it's going to get worse, I'm sorry, before it gets better. He talks about how this is called an anniversary effect because it's been about a year since it happened. He describes how it happens with soldiers and he sort of uses some jargon too about how this kind of opens a neurological floodgate and describes how Will might be experiencing some personality changes, irritability, and maybe lashing out at other people. And he says this, this is post-traumatic stress disorder and he identifies that they're still sort of learning about it. Um, kind of in that time, and suggests that they really just treat Will normally, they be patient with him and don't pressure him to talk. So after I saw that, I was like, Dr. Owens, what kind of doctor is Dr. Owens? And I looked, uh, and I tried to avoid any spoilers on sort of the Stranger Things wiki page, and it it's not clear what sort of doctor he is okay. or where it his expertise is in. But he certainly ha- seems to have a pretty in-depth knowledge of psychological um, constructs, to be certain.
1: Yeah, I, I, yeah, so it's not clear if he's supposed to be a psychiatrist or psychologist or... It, it's
0: kind of my sense that he's just, like, a generic movie scientist yeah. that sort of just knows things. Yeah. Uh, because he also clearly has expertise in, like, the sort of physics and, like, uh, kind of the laws uh, of nature that kind of exist related to the upside down so yeah and
1: he hooks well up to some psycho fizz Mm -hmm. stuff too while he's doing that kind of looking at heart Mm -hmm. rate and other other stuff like that and so it's interesting because he says he does have ptsd i don't know that there's enough information Mm -hmm. i i get why that i mean you're right the trauma is there but Is it flashbacks? No, it looks like he's actually experiencing yeah. the thing. And he is uh, more vigilant, but it's kind of because he's seen stuff, and you know?
0: It's almost like the trauma is actually still ex- right. happening is what's right. really going on. Yeah. Because as we find out to the end of episode three, he's still in a lot of danger when he's sort of having what looks like it's a flashback. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And he doesn't seem, in the brief snapshots we have, to be that avoidant either, mm-hmm. like when he sees something or hears something kind of goes after it. Um I thought that the way that he described feeling frozen to the doctor oh, was yeah. really well done. So the doctor he's like kind of describing that, you know, went outside of the arcade and he felt frozen, the doctor said, you know, like like cold to the touch or like your heart was racing, and Will clarifies, no, when you're too scared to do anything, you can't breathe, you can't talk, and I thought that was a very accurate description of anxiety and Mm -hmm. that kind of behavioral response of freezing in the face of something scary. Now, when we talk about it with anxiety, we're usually talking about the person is either thinking about something that might happen and they're having that response, Mm -hmm. or they're um, overestimating the danger so if it's a phobia and they see a dog and they're afraid of dogs and they have a freezing response uh-huh. but in this case it is like the like the lion is in the room and you're having a like a physiological response uh-huh. to a real threat oh, right yeah. so that's again where I kind of I get why they're conceptualizing as PTSD but this like you said this stuff's ongoing here
0: it's sort of interesting this is just kind of kind of splitting hairs, but it's almost kind of like the difference between anxiety and fear, yeah, or anxiety is a little, sometimes more like precipitatory, and fear is actually in response to something because mm-hmm. he's actually experiencing it. So.
1: yeah, like it's in the present mm-hmm. moment uh it's not it's it it doesn't seem it's not like things that are reminding him of stuff that happened it's like stuff is happening, right? But he doesn't, you see, he doesn't trust himself, Mm -hmm. which is understandable. He's not really sure what it is. And I think that Will's mom does a really nice job, like comforting him, saying she'll be there for him Mm -hmm. no matter what. And I think that's a good model of parenting to like maximize. You can't always, you can't always get your kids to talk to you about stuff, but making it like, I'll accept you no matter what, and we'll go through this together and it's going to be okay is a good way to kind of... I thought that was nice to see that kind of parenting to kind of say like, well, you know, you can be open with me about this stuff, you know, which is a big deal because she's pretty anxious about it herself, understandably. Mm -hmm. And yet she's able to she's not like pushing away any signs that something Mm -hmm. might be happening, you know? Yeah,
0: absolutely. Um, So pretty interesting. And I would say accurate depiction of fear and kind of yeah it's hard for me to say accurate because i'm not exactly sure <laughs> like
1: because <laughs> of the smoky monster yeah, because
0: of like gigantic smoke monsters yeah i'm having a it feels accurate
1: some of yes it, it contains there is a big smoke accuracy. monster then Gosh. that is how one might respond <laughs> thank
0: you for clarifying that because but... <laughs> i was having a hard time putting sort of a seal of approval on that but but if it,
1: it, it, it's like so it's well these are the kind of things i like that i think are clever right that there's clear there's clear fiction sci-fi stuff that like couldn't happen or wouldn't happen but there are elements of reality which is why i think part of why i think this show is so clever and i'm glad you mentioned the anniversary effect because mm-hmm. whenever there's a like a very specific term i think it's yes. kind of worth looking into well, and, and about talking about as specific as
0: it gets it that's really a specific is <laughs> fact
1: It is. And so I thought we could, you know, talk about that a little bit and whether that is really a thing. And um, on the, so one thing actually that the doctor says, too, is that it's going to get worse before it gets better. And he tells Joyce to, like, remain calm, even Mm -hmm. though she's just, he's just said there are going to be personality changes and it's going to get bad. But remain calm. And she's a little bit suspicious of that advice, like...
0: He's an interesting character, this Dr. Owens. I'm excited mm-hmm. to learn more about him Me because he, he sort of had his own, a nice, like, bedside manner with Will. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, talking about candy and sort of trying to comfort him. Even though I have a feeling he's, like, kind of like the evil, like, <laughs> bad scientist <laughs> that we shouldn't be liking.
1: So, yeah, it's kind of interesting. No, it will be interesting to see. And so, and also, he is trying to, like, well... For people who've seen the whole series, it might be weird to speculate, but it's almost like he's trying to medicalize it as, or make it like a mental health issue when like really stuff is going on. And so it'll be interesting to see how that is, which is, that is a common theme across a lot of sci-fi stuff that we talk about, like Iron Fist and Mm -hmm. stuff like that, right?
0: And he even tries to do that with more... Of like the physical science with yeah. the pumpkins too it's yes. like no this isn't related to what we're doing and it's like no it clearly is no <laughs> that
1: is definitely weird that all the pumpkins are dead Um. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so well, it'll be good to see that unfold so that in terms of anniversary reactions uh, this is emil linked to the National Center for PTSD so that you can get more detailed information but basically as presented in mm-hmm. in the show there is a phenomenon that's been labeled anniversary reaction it has been as Dr. Owen suggested, uh, linked to uh, or observed in military uh-huh. personnel who, when there's some kind of uh, date surrounding the original trauma, that it could trigger post-traumatic stress disorder symptoms. And so what the idea is that they, they describe it as experiencing grief and sadness around the anniversary. It could be around the death of someone significant, uh-huh. and even outside of the context of PTSD Certainly, I've heard people who've lost individuals to suicide say that it's difficult, or even if they, they've lost people to death for any reason, it can be difficult around the anniversary of their death, around holidays, the person's birthday, and things like that. But specifically as related to PTSD, there have been a few empirical studies that have looked at kind of longitudinal studies, and they tend to show that right around the, the anniversary of the trauma it's an annual reminder and you can see some there some symptom increase and then you see it usually decline at least in the preliminary studies which they have so far but it does tend to um it does tend to in terms of how long it goes on i don't know like in in this series does dr owen's it really seems like, kind of a, like it might be a long yeah. thing, although he does specifically use the frame of a month. So just as an example, like I said, we'll, we'll get to this, but I'm going to read this from the the National Center for um, Post-Traumatic Stress Disorder. Uh, researchers asked veterans and their wives to identify the veteran's worst month of functioning in the past year. This is an example study on it. When the researchers compared the worst month identified to previously identified dates of traumatic events that occurred during... Operations Desert Storm and Desert Shield, in this case, they found that 38% of participants reported that their worst month coincided with the month in which their trauma occurred. Veterans with their anniversary reactions had significantly more PTSD symptoms than veterans who did not have anniversary reactions. And all of the veterans who met criteria for a diagnosis of PTSD had anniversary reactions. And so that's, again, it's kind of there are some studies on mm-hmm. it. I think it's still not well known, which Dr. Owens nods he, to. Yeah. Right? Yeah, he
0: sort of mentions, like, yeah, we're still learning about PTSD. This is the 80s, so the knowledge probably wasn't quite as advanced or uh, concrete, maybe, as what we know today. Yeah,
1: that's a great point. And on the the PTSD website for, um, for the Veterans Affairs uh, website... They suggest, you know, they talk about what can survivors do to feel better. They say that most people will feel better within a week or two after the anniversary. Over time, the stress symptoms will decrease in frequency and severity. And providers can suggest strategies to help survivors through the anniversary period. For example, survivors might find it helpful to make specific plans on the anniversary day so they can do things that occupy mm-hmm. their time besides the memories of events, or they might be um, Create some kind of commemorative ceremony, make a charitable donation, help others or do something for that and so this is a great resource, so I'll link mm-hmm. to it and if you if you want to read more about it in terms of the neurological floodgates i don't
0: I don't think that means anything yeah does it what is a neurological floodgate? I like, don't
1: know I mean like it's a like, metaphor right, but it's not like
0: like what's what's the floodgate holding back like like neurotransmitters? or like behaviors. I don't know.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's not a real, it's not. It's not uh,
0: just like that blank stare that we just had uh, uh, as we sort of tried yeah, to reconcile. what let's not what that,
1: that <laughs> too much. It doesn't, it doesn't, I mean, what's, again, it's like, as an analogy, okay, the idea is that like, if the anniversary comes up, you're going to have memories that might trigger a particular response if you have ptsd but yeah i agree he makes it sound like i don't know like the neurons are opening and the synapses are getting flooded with stuff
0: i'm just shrugging (laughs) this is an auditor (laughs) like an auditory medium so that it's not visual insert
1: imagine brandon shrugging (laughs) because i didn't get what that
0: meant but but that's okay. That's not a criticism. I don't think that the show needed to have a No, I didn't... No, no. We're not trying to, like,
1: <laughs> <No>. <laughs> be those well-actually yeah. people. No, it's so, just... <laughs> can, can I point out a well-actually moment that I didn't her. see? This is okay. unrelated.
0: Uh, Mike Merles, who is one of, like, the higher-ups at Wizards of the Coast and, like, one of the main people for Dungeons & Dragons, pointed out a and d reference in season two of Stranger Things, which apparently happens in 1983, uh, but the thing that they were referencing wasn't released until 1985, and he um, referred to this as a fatal flaw for the <laughs> season. I thought that was very funny.
1: That that is awesome. I yeah. love that. Yeah, the podcast of D and D evaluations are good. I mean, so so far we're still on the first episode, <laughs> which is oh fine. boy. Yeah,
0: that's true. Because Wait, I uh, didn't
1: expect all this also, stuff.
0: Because <laughs> we're also like down to about five minutes left of for our episode So today, exactly. So, could...
1: so maybe.
0: This could turn into a four-part episode, is what we're saying.
1: <laughs> as, as we tend to do. So maybe we can mention, what would you like to, of our points, talk well, about next? I
0: thought another one that would be good, that I also think we can be mm-hmm. brief, because we both struggle with brevity, <laughs> is the Phineas Gage in the classroom. Okay, that sounds because good. Phineas Gage, uh, this is, here I go, I'm going on to tangent here, uh, when I was at APA once, the American Psychological Association annual conference, they had like these sort of flashy magnets and posters of like the classical names in psychology. And they, it was like kind of your classic, like Freud and William James. And mm-hmm. Phineas Gage was among them, and he sort of walked with like the stake that went through his head as with as like a cane. That's
1: so unusual, morbid
0: and weird, right? <laughs> but so... anyway.
1: That's odd. At any
0: rate, it was fun to see Phineas Gage referenced in The Stranger Things. Yes, yes.
1: I agree. Um, and this that was episode three, the Pollywog episode yes. for those following along. We, we skipped over season two, but we'll probably go back to some stuff in the next yeah, episode. Yeah, I'm sure
0: we will, because that's just our style. That's how
1: we do yes. things.
0: <laughs> so, um, Dustin, of course, comes in late to class, which was also like adorable and mm-hmm. hilarious. How so he's like, no, I'm just seriously, go ahead. Keep going, keep going. He's
1: really attached to dark.
0: Yeah, he's very much was, which I thought was they an really awesome bonded. name, uh, mm-hmm. and um, in, also interesting. Uh, and
1: how he catches it in his little Ghostbuster so, prop—so cute! Oh, gosh. It so good. Cute overload. <laughs> yeah,
0: so the teacher is talking about Venus Gage and sort of draws a line through like a PowerPoint of a skull. Yeah, which I loved, but I don't know—not quite accurate, maybe. No,
1: I <laughs> no, I like so I liked it because it was like they're talking about there could you expect personality changes for will and also by the way will's mom don't freak out which of course that's really hard to not scared of that but then so to me it's like a subtle like reference like phineas gage who is most well known within psychology for like the idea so basically the story is phineas gage which you just talked about in an accident a tamping iron went through his skull and the story that is told and taught is that he survived it, but his personality changed, and that this changed the views of how personality and the brain are connected, mm-hmm. and, and particularly specific areas of the brain. Right, it goes through his frontal lobe. Yep. And recently, in 2014, Slate magazine actually had kind of a long article talking about the accuracy of Phineas, mm-hmm. Phineas Gage, and it seems that there's some mythology mm-hmm. around him and his story. It's because lo- it is a great story. It is. It's
0: a. It's like, it's one of these classic sort of catchy stories.
1: And he tells it as compelling. I've certainly seen um, friends and colleagues of mine who present on personality, they start off with Phineas mm-hmm. Gage saying, like, look, we, this shows specific areas of the brain are affected, and that can affect someone's personality. But there's more to the story than is commonly presented, and so we'll link the long-form mm-hmm. article of it on Slate, and we might do an episode about yeah. it because there's just... So much to it that I, we can't do it justice in a brief episode. So anyway, yeah, I I do like the how they tied it in in brief, um, and I, I thought that was fun.
0: And I actually suspect, and and people who are listening probably know whether or not I'm right, but I actually think it's a foreshadowing for what's going to happen mm-hmm. to Will now, because I think he actually is going to change now as a result of whatever. Mm-hmm. the uh upside down monster did to him so I'm, yeah I'm, i'll be curious to see if that's what happens
1: me too man i can't wait to watch the rest of the show so maybe the other brief psychological term we can talk about because i think some of the other things we talked about will continue i think so throughout has to do with you had mentioned do you mind talking about uh bob's nice approach with oh will?
0: yeah oh so uh first things first i just want to say i think i'm torn I think Bob might be my favorite character because I I just find Sean Aston to be, I think his character is just so kind. It's and the that Lord really of resonates. the Rings
1: association He's he
0: almost like, he almost is Sam too. Mm-hmm. Like he's just so good. He's mm-hmm. just so good. But anyway, he, on um, uh, taking Will to school, which was a kind of a big moment for Joyce in some ways, too. She's like, you can tell she's really trusting Bob. He's like, well, just make sure he gets in okay and everything. And so he's taken in. And Bob's actually really trying to connect with Will and John. And, and you can tell it's really important to him and he even uh, vocalizes that to Joyce. And so he knows that Will's kind of struggling. And he tells this story about when he was younger uh this kind of creepy clown that he saw who offered him a balloon or something mr
1: baldo yeah
0: mr baldo and and some of the kind of the nightmares that bob had as a result of that and uh how he sort of you know to deal with it what he did was just i can't remember if it was in sort of just in his own mind or in his nightmare i can't remember the exact wording used but just says you know what uh, that's enough. Go away, Mr. Baldo. And how, after that, he really did kind of feel a lot better, and he says, you know, Will, why don't you try that? Why don't you give that a try? Which, of course, at the end of the episode, we see Will fleeing from this giant monster, and he stops and turns around, and with tears in his eyes, he just screams, go away, go away. And uh, it doesn't work, unfortunately. Yes. It's not a nightmare for Will, and uh, and I think there's going to be some pretty dire negative consequences as a result of that.
1: And that is, I think, part of why it's so compelling because at that moment you know it's not an idea yeah like it wasn't it's real really,
0: even in my notes like mm-hmm. if you look over here you'll see i keep writing hallucination comma flashback comma or actually the upside down because it actually was not clear until that point point.
1: Really. and that's part of their brilliant storytelling mm-hmm. i think so i i agree i also like how the the sweetness and the warmth of kind of People, despite there being some jerks at school who are calling him zombie yeah, yeah. boy and stuff, he has some nice support from his friends, which we'll talk more <laughs> about, but also kind of parental figures <laughs> who are really kind with him <laughs> and trying to help him feel like he's not alone. So the brief thing that I that I did want to mention doesn't work with monsters, but if you are <laughs> actually having nightmares, there is a specific type of therapy called exposure, relaxation, and re-scripting therapy and it is often used with post-traumatic stress disorder-associated nightmares. And there is some evidence, we'll link to this so you can learn some more about it, that it actually reduces nightmares. And the basic gist of it, this is of uh, really boiling it down, but like I said, we'll link to it, does involve re-scripting nightmares mm-hmm. so that you have, if Mr. Baldo is chasing you, you tell him to go away or whatever, um, if you're... If you're falling and that's your nightmare, you uh, maybe have a cape and fly, mm-hmm. you know, something like that. Or if uh, something is attacking you, you turn into Wonder Woman or something mm-hmm. like that. And and it's interesting because writing down these nightmares and changing the ending um, does seem to have some impact. And there are other parts to it too. So I'm oversimplifying it. Mm-hmm. If you if you're interested in this certainly read more about it and seek help from a mental health professional to learn more about it. But uh, I just want to mention that it is available for people who experience nightmares specifically associated with PTSD. So there was wisdom in that even though it doesn't work when yeah. it's on nightmare and it's It's real. really tough, yeah. yeah.
0: All right, on that sad note. Yeah, so, Might be a good spot to cut cut it off today.
1: Yeah, so anniversary reactions. Yes. Um, Phineas Gage? Yep. And... Rescripting as a treatment for nightmares are the main psychological concepts that we covered today.
0: Yeah, a couple of good ones and a lot more yet to come. Uh, certainly a couple more episodes ahead. Um, so thanks so much for listening in. If you've got any of those good international mental health resources, please do share those with us. We'd like to add them to our own resource page. And if you have any questions about Stranger Things, without spoiling it for us because we're so slow at watching tv shows lately uh do feel free to tweet them at us otherwise thanks so much for listening in and you'll hear from us next week thank you for listening to the jedi council podcast a member of the geek therapy podcast network you can find more information about our podcast or blog at www.jedi-council.com if you would like to support the jedi council podcast please check out our Patreon page at www.patreon.com Jedi Council. The views expressed on this podcast are our own and do not necessarily reflect the views of our employers. Additionally, this podcast is for entertainment and informational purposes only and should not be used in place of advice from a mental health or medical professional. If you're struggling with mental health issues, please seek professional help.